Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for episode number 48 today. And today's episode, we are returning to State of Decay 2 once again because it is Saturday and we always have our State of Decay episodes on a Saturday. Now, today's episode, we're actually getting back into the base game once again. So there's still a lot of content in the base game that we haven't covered yet. And there's definitely a lot of things still on my list to cover, but um, I'm just getting to them, you know, one at a time. But one of the things we haven't actually covered yet is kind of like legacy guides on the different leader types. So today we are actually going to start our first legacy guide on the leader types. And today we're going to talk about the builder legacy guide. So basically this episode is going to go through everything that's exclusive to the builder. You know, all the facilities that are exclusive to the builder as well as the missions that are exclusive to the Builder. So we're going to talk about those missions and kind of, you know, see how those missions are, and I'll give my opinions on them, and we'll kind of help anyone that, you know, might need help on uh, those missions. But the other ones, uh, they will be featured as future points. So, you know, the Sheriff, the Traitor, and the Warlord. I will definitely do a Legacy Guide episode on each of those at some point, just it'll be at a future date. And the day you are listening to this on Saturday, November 10th, XO18 is happening, and we should be getting some huge State of Decay news today, so that should be very exciting. We'll see what that news is, and you can be sure whatever that news is, I will definitely be all over that. So I will definitely cover that news for the podcast, but we'll kind of see what happens. But without that news included, I, I do have um, a... But without that news even being included, I do have something special planned for next week, so... Stay tuned next week because no matter what this news is, I do have something special planned. So it should be, you know, very fun next week because next week on Saturday, it will be episode 50 for us. And that is huge. And uh, I really want to celebrate with a great episode. So, you know, you can see what's planned for that because we have this episode today, which is 48. On Wednesday will be episode number 49. And. I do apologize that I keep saying, you know, it's going to be the Generation Zero beta on Wednesday. It just keeps coming up where there's something else that comes up. Um, the Fallout beta that happened on last episode, that was kind of unexpected because I had a friend give me a code that I wasn't expecting and Fallout was kind of a pertinent topic at the time. So Generation Zero isn't even released yet. So with a game that's not even released yet, uh, Generation Zero is coming sometime next year. So I figured um, I could bump the Generation Zero episode another week. So... I do plan to do Generation Zero Wednesday again, so if you are looking for that, out for that episode, don't worry, it is still planned, and I do apologize that I've had to bump it a couple times, but it definitely is still planned, and you know it should be a fun episode. In terms of a stream, I don't have any set set plans right now. All I know is the next stream should be on Tuesday. Um, basically, I'm shooting for sometime before noon Eastern Time, so anytime before noon Eastern Time, I'm not sure how long I'll be streaming or what game I'll be streaming, but um, I might get back into some State of Decay, you know, streaming because I did do 12 hours of that during our Undead Trials event. So I might, you know, do some more of that soon. And there is a small chance that tonight when you hear this episode, I might stream uh, late tonight, but I can't promise that. That's just kind of, you know, we'll see kind of thing. But that being said, you know, today's episode is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Um, it, it probably won't run, you know, as long as the State of Decay episodes usually run. But that's kind of, you know, because I wanted to do these Legacy Guides as separate episodes. I felt it was better that way. I could have combined, you know, two of them into an episode together. But I, I felt it was more appropriate and more fitting for them each to have their own episode. 
That way I can kind of, you know, dig right into one leader type and just dig solely into that. So I could have done something like uh, the Builder Legacy and the Trader Legacy today. But I felt it was more appropriate to have them each on their own episodes. So hopefully everyone agrees with that. But if you don't, you know, um, let me know, you know, give me some feedback and, you know, maybe I could um, do one giant episode with all three next time or something. But I kind of feel like it's better to have them separately um, because that way I can focus on each one individually and really go in depth into that leader type. But that being said, we'll jump right in. So first, we're going to talk about what's unique to the builder. So there's obviously the legacy boon. The legacy boon for the builder is amenities. And what this does is it gives you free base wide power and water with no added threat or fuel costs. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this because I did talk about all the legacy boons in a previous episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that, there's a previous episode that talks about all the legacy boons and ranks them. But that being said, um, I will say it again here. The builder legacy boon is the best one for sure. And it's really huge to have that free power and water. And that is very crucial for your future playthroughs. So this is um, the leader type that I would recommend doing first. And that's kind of why I'm covering this first in Legacy Guide. Because I would recommend doing this one first. Then I would recommend doing the Warlord. Then the Sheriff. And then the Trader last. So that's kind of the order I would recommend doing them in. That way you can get the boons that you need to you know, progress further. Um, I might end up doing the podcast in that same order, so I might do the Warlord next. You know, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, play around with it and see. But yeah, the the Builder Legacy Boon, it's, you know, great. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about it that I haven't said in the previous podcast. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it's definitely an amazing boon. And the free base wide power and water, that is really huge for your community. And it's something that is very crucial for any community. Now, the Builder... Uh, specific buildings, there's three buildings that are specific to the builder that only the builder can build. So one of these is a luxury barracks. This is a large slot and it provides five beds and a morale bonus. So honestly, I think this is basically obsolete at this point because now that the red talent bunk room was invented, the red talent bunk room goes in a small slot and that small slot can fit five beds. So if you can use the red talent bunk room that fits five in a small slot, why would you ever use Luxury Barracks that fits five in a big slot? So it's kind of obsolete at this point. And, you know, that is one of the unfortunate things that can happen when there is new content. I mean, new content is always awesome, but new content does um, sometimes affect the balance of old content. And in this case, the Red Talent Bunk Room basically forced the Luxury Barracks to be obsolete. So... It is what it is. I mean, so that's kind of, you know, a knock against the builder leader because that building is not even worth it. The generator three is another uh, thing you can do. Generator three provides you power to your entire base for one field per day while also producing no noise. So the generator three, honestly, um, it's not really worth your time unless this is your first playthrough ever. That's the only time I'd ever build it probably is your first playthrough ever. You know, you're going for the Builder Legacy, obviously, like we're doing here. And you just build it. That way you can, you know, get your power for your base, complete the Legacy, and that's it. But other than that, this generator is not really going to be that useful to you. Because once you beat the Builder Legacy, you just can choose that Legacy Boon. And then you have base-wide power and water for the rest of your place. So this generator, honestly, is not very useful to you either. And the last one is the Leader Project for the Builder. This is a Sniper Tower. 
So this basically acts as a watchtower and it also gives you a radio command, which is called sniper cover. This requires ammo and at least one armor survivor to function. And if you use two, then you get the full effect of it. So honestly, this as well isn't really worth it to me either because I mean, that radio command, it's not going to be used a whole lot, I would think. I mean, if you get into a lot of trouble a lot of times, then maybe you could use it. But I don't find the hordes deadly enough at your base that the radio command is really going to affect things too much. And I would have to assume that maybe this radio command can be used out in the world as well. Because I haven't actually tried this command um, in a long time, so I can't remember. But I think when I have tried in the past... You might have been able to use it out in the world. So, like, say, you know, you're out in a mission somewhere. You could use this command, and then survivors would, you know, somehow take action and give you some sniper cover. But, I mean, this kind of basically seems like the same thing as the new Red Talon Transmitter. And the new Red Talon Transmitter, this is basically a facility mod that you can put in your base that gives you pretty much the same effect as this. It's, you know, Red Talon offering you firepower from above. So I think you're a lot better to go that route. And again, you know, this new DLC, the Daybreak, it, it kind of rendered this odd split too, because the only good thing about this was that radio command, which, you know, in my opinion, wasn't even like the greatest in the world. But now that is basically obsolete as well, because if you use the Red Talon transmitter, then you don't even need this sniper tower because the transmitter will give you the radio command anyways. You use that radio command. Boom. There you go. There's your sniper cover. So... Instead of wasting a building slot, all you have to do is put the transmitter mod into a building. And that is so much better. So, I mean, overall, you know, honestly, um, at this point in time, it's basically a swing and a miss for the builder buildings. Overall, honestly, at this point in time, it's basically a swing and a miss for the red talent. Overall, at this point in time, it's basically a swing and a miss for the builder facilities that are the builder. Because the Sniper Tower, the Generator 3, and Luxury Barracks, none of them are useful to you, really. So, it, it is unfortunate. Um, but I think, however, though, it, it does sort of balance out. Because the Legacy Boon of the Builder is almost overpowered. So, the fact that the Boon is almost overpowered and the facilities are, you know, kind of underpowered. I think it does kind of even itself out in that sense. So... But I will say that before the Daybreak DLC, um, the Sniper Tower and the Luxury Barracks, they weren't as bad because uh, there weren't, you know, the buffed up Red Talon facilities that actually make these obsolete. Because now with the Red Talon facilities, both of those facilities are basically, you know, almost worthless now. And again, you know, it, it's not really um, the fault of anyone per se, because... I mean, that that's just the kind of thing that can happen with new DLC, because basically now that they released this new DLC, it kind of rendered the old content to be, you know, a little bit worse or a little bit more or a little bit less useful. So that that's just the nature of the beast sometimes. And, you know, maybe at some point um, Undead Labs will do like a pass and, you know, go through some of their facilities in the base game and actually um, change around how those, some of those facilities work and that would be kind of interesting to see to, you know, get a balance pass on those facilities because I know some of the bases and facilities could use a pass a little bit. But, you know, that that's a topic for a different time. But hopefully, you know, at some point, um, some balancing can happen to those. All right. Um, yeah, that's basically it for those. Uh, we can get into the legacy missions now. So it, 
Uh, I just want to note at the top of the legacy missions here, in order to start these missions, if you're newer, what you have to do is you have to select the builder as your leader. So basically, you have to get someone's builder type of character that can, you know, be a builder leader. You have to get them to hero status. Once they're at hero status, you select them as your leader. Then after that, you have to destroy all the play cards in your town. And then you're going to talk to three members of your community to celebrate. So basically, it's going to prompt you and say, oh, you killed all the play cards in your town. Go talk to three people about it and celebrate. And then once you do that, that's when the Builder Legacy missions start. So that's how you get to these missions. And basically, these missions, this takes you to sort of the end game sequence. This is how you end your legacy is with uh, these missions or with the trader missions or the sheriff missions, etc. But it just depends on what leader you're using. So the first mission is called Safe at Home. So basically, this is something that's really simple. To complete this, all you need to do is build, upgrade, or convert any of your facilities in your base camp. So this could be, you know, making a garden into a garden level 2. It could be um, making an infirmary level 2. I mean, basically anything in your base camp, you just have to upgrade it. Once you upgrade it, then you have passed this mission. And if you don't have the supplies to do it, you have to, you know, go out and find supplies, obviously. But that shouldn't be too much of an issue. I mean, you can find, you know, materials, rucksacks in a lot of places. And if you just look at your map, the UI will usually tell you where you can find materials. So th this is really simple. Um, it's very rudimentary, very basic. And honestly, um, it, it is a little bit disappointing, I would say, because... That feels like a mission that's a little bit more geared towards a tutorial than an actual mission for one of the leader types. I mean, I understand that it was probably hard design-wise for the team somewhat to make the builder legacy dynamic because what is a builder going to do? Well, a builder is going to build. So it's probably a little bit harder to make a dynamic legacy quest line for a builder because a builder's job would be to build. So you would expect them to have to build things. Now, like a warlord or a sheriff, you would expect them to have more dynamic quest lines because they're going to be doing more dynamic things out in the world. So I understand where there could be a lot of difficulty in making this quest line dynamic. But um, at the same time, I don't think this mission hit properly because basically this is a mission that feels like a tutorial. You know, pretty much you just have to upgrade anything and there you go. You beat it. And that's not really a dynamic mission in any way. And the problem is, it it's hard for me to even think of, you know, what could have been done to make something like this more dynamic. But um, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of my thoughts on that in a second when we talk about some of the other missions. Because some of the other ones have, like, kind of the same critiques. So we'll move on to the next one, then we'll kind of come back to it. But the next one is Useful Utilities. So this one, basically what you have to do is... You have to build the structure that will provide your base with power. So the easiest way to do this is to build a generator. And especially with the builder, you can build a generator three. And you need five materials and an outdoor area and a small slot to build this. So five materials, outdoor, small slot. You, you have it. All you have to do is build a generator. And then once you build the generator, the only other thing you have to do to clear this mission is you have to craft something that requires water or power. So I don't have a lot of the items off the top of my head. I know one example is a coffee because a coffee you'd have to, you know, boil water for. So you need power to do that. So that is one thing that you'd have to use power to do. But so but if you have any trouble with this, you know, if you 
don't have a kitchen in place because that's where probably where you make coffee. I mean, there's a couple other areas in the game that you can make coffees at, but let's say you didn't have a kitchen, then just look at the different items that you can craft in your buildings. And one of those items should say requires power or something like that. And just craft a couple, you know, because I honestly forget all the items that require power to use. And the reason why I forget, to be honest, is I always use the Builder Legacy Boon. So if I'm always using that boon, I always have power. So this is kind of an afterthought for me at this point. So that's why I don't specifically remember what items use power. But if you think about it intuitively, you know, a coffee would require power to boil the water. So think of items along those lines. And that's probably the items you want to make because those are the type of items that, you know, would clear this quest line. But honestly, um, you're probably going to be doing a lot of this when you do have a kitchen because you're probably going to be doing you know, these first couple when you're at your starting base. So if you did do that when you're at your starting base, then it does have a kitchen installed. If it doesn't, you know, there's definitely um, other ways around it. But overall, I mean, basically, this is a very simple mission as well, because all you're doing is build me a generator, you know, make one item. So it's barely a step up from the first mission. So useful utilities and safe at home. They're, they're basically, you know, just, oh, build me this one thing. There you go. You beat the mission. And again, that is not very dynamic at all because as a player, basically it's, you know, click this button and sit here for three minutes because it's not like you're actually building the items yourself as a player. Like it's not like you're out there, you know, hammering some nails. You're not sawing boards. You're not, you know, putting things together. You're literally just, okay, hit this button. Now wait three minutes and there you go. So as a player, it doesn't feel dynamic at all. And I, I don't blame Undead Laos at all for this because like I said, it's definitely a issue that I think would be hard to tackle because if you're going to have a builder legacy, what is a builder legacy going to have? Well, they're going to have to build something. So it'd be something that'd be a hard way to figure out a way around to make it more dynamic. However, um, I don't know if it'd be possible in game, but one idea I have on how they could have made it more dynamic is you could interact with the enclaves more because this is something that I actually want to see is more interaction with enclaves. And basically, you know, there could be a mission that an enclave calls you on the radio or, you know, they interact with you and they say, Hey, um, we, we just got to our new camp. Do you want to, come help us, you know, build our camp up. And maybe you have to go over to that camp. You have to clear out some walkers to help them out. And then you have to help them build their camp. So uh, this will require, you know, you be able to like select things for them probably because it would require another base screen potentially, you know, maybe like a allied base screen. So it, it would um, require some new systems in the game, which would probably be hard to design, especially at this point, obviously. But if there's a way to, like, say, yeah, we really need um, an infirmary. Can you build us an infirmary at our camp? And then you go over to their camp. You, you bring the necessary supplies for them. You clear out some walkers. And then, you know, click a button at their camp and it builds the infirmary for them. Which, honestly, you, you might not even need a base screen for this. Because why would you really need a base screen? Because you're not going to be interacting with their stuff, really, unless you can interact with their facilities. But... If there was just a feature somehow that, you know, you have to go over there with them and click a button to, you know, have them build it, then at least that's a little bit more dynamic because at your own base, like basically all you're doing anyways is just click this button, wait three minutes. At least in this case, if you were helping an ally build it, then 
at least you would actually be doing something. You know, it would feel more rewarding as a player because as a player, you're at least, you know, traveling. Okay, I have to travel, you know, to this other side of the map. I have to, you know, clear out the walkers with them, help them set up their base and build it. And I think this would be more dynamic because, and this could, you know, go for like both quest lines, like maybe, you know, safe at home. I understand that, you know, the first one has to be pretty easy. So maybe safe at home could have been, uh, reinforcing, you know, our home defenses. And maybe by doing that, you know, you're setting up like a watchtower or something like that, you know, but I felt like it could have been more dynamic for the first mission even, you know, but even let's just say we're leaving the first mission. So let's just say the second mission becomes the first mission now. So useful utilities now becomes our first mission. So at least for your first mission, useful utilities is still a very easy mission. But at least if that was your first mission, that's, you know, still a little bit better. And then your second mission, if that could be something where you're helping an allied enclave build something, I think that'd be a more dynamic for experience for the player because the player would get to travel somewhere and go do something instead of just sit at their base and wait for the timer to click down. And strength in numbers is basically along the same lines. So strength in numbers is the third mission out of five. What this one is, is once the second mission is complete, the next one unlocked is strength in numbers and you have to build a workshop. After building the workshop, you have to upgrade it to level three. So basically, if you're having trouble getting to level three, then the game will actually show you a location of a mechanics textbook. That way you can find a mechanics textbook and make someone a mechanic because you need someone to be a mechanic to get it to level three. But I mean, this is another thing, you know, it, it's basically taking the first and second missions and just making a tiny, tiny bit more time consuming. It's not harder in any way. Um, I guess if you didn't have the mechanics skill already, you'd have to go search for a textbook. But I mean, it's still not dynamic because all you're doing is just sitting there. OK, I have a workshop. Let me just press a button. Oh, it's level two. Let me press a button. Oh, it's level three. Hey, I beat the mission. I beat the mission. Yeah, go me. Like, I hope everyone understands, you know, like the points I'm getting at here, because to me, that's not something that's fun as a player. It's just something, okay, it's kind of tedious. You just get it over with, you're done, okay, move on. So that's another mission. I think these first three missions are basically a miss. Um, but if this was like, say, if these were the missions for the sheriff, or these were the missions for the warlord, I'd be a little bit more critical. But because they're the missions for the builder, like I said before, I do understand to some degree because... It is hard to make a dynamic quest line for a builder because what they're going to do is build. And in State of Decay, there's not a lot of dynamic opportunities for building or something. Because, like, it's not like it's Fortnite, for example. You know, it's not like, okay, um, you know, go build me this huge structure and, you know, dance on top of it or something. Like, it's not like it's a game that, you know, involves a ton of building that's, you know, dynamic building. Because the shelters are basically already in place. And I, I love the way they do the system. And I, I love the way they do the bases. Just I think the quest line for the Builder Legacy could have been a little bit better. And I think if they involved other enclaves, that could have been a way to uh, spice it up a little bit. Or even if they didn't involve other enclaves, I think for these first three missions, they could have at least, you know, done buildings that are a little bit more obscure. Like say, okay, you have to make a forge and craft a master weapon at the forge. At least that's a little bit more dynamic because it feels like something that 
you know, oh, wow, you know, I have a builder leader. They're they're making a forge. They're going to craft a master weapon. I'm going to have this nice melee weapon. At least it feels like something a little bit more rewarding because it's kind of cool. You know, like, oh, cool. I'm going to get a really nice melee weapon. You know, and early on in the game, when you're a new player, that would feel like a better experience to craft something like a forge. And for an experienced player, I'm pretty down on the forge because the forge doesn't do a lot for experienced players. But at least for a new player, you know, it, it would be a nice experience for them to, you know, make that forge and actually do something with it. And it would be unique to them. But making a workshop or just upgrading something to level two, I mean, those aren't really dynamic experiences because those are things that the player is going to do very early on the game anyway. So basically just by playing the game, they're going to beat these, you know, first couple of quests without even realizing like they could have already built stuff and passed these quests right away because Say they beat, you know, their 10th play card and they beat all the play cards. They're starting their mission line. They might have already done these first three before they even clear all the play cards. And then they just basically skip all three, go right to four, and they don't even know these exist. So there's definitely a real possibility that the player is never going to see these because they might just, you know, pass right by them pretty much. And I, I think that is an issue. So, um... I wish these were di more dynamic in some way, and I wish they offered a little bit more to the builder experience. But it is an experience that is tough to master, I would think. And really, the only idea I have to improve this is just to involve allied enclaves somehow and basically help allied enclaves build up their uh, areas. The only other thing I could think of is... Maybe um, they could have involved outposts in this because outposts does involve building. So the only other thing they could have done is instead of one of these, you know, really simple build me a workshop instead of one of those missions. Maybe what they could have done instead is, you know, find me an ammo outpost. We really need some more ammo. Find me an ammo outpost. And at least that is more dynamic as well, because if you're having to go find a specific outpost like an ammo outpost. Those aren't that common, so at least if you're going out to find that, then you're having a nice adventure, you're going out to an ammo outpost, you're going to, you know, uh, loot everything there, probably find some cool guns, and then on top of that, you're making a really cool ammo outpost, and that feels like more of an adventure for the player, so I feel like they could have done something with that, where, you know, maybe mission one is, okay, go find a meds outpost, mission two, go find an ammo outpost. That's not like the best thing in the world, but it's a lot better than what we ended up with, I think, because at least with that, you're going out into the world, you're going to do something. And I understand they probably wanted to get the sense of this is how the base screen works. So that's probably why some of these you know quest lines were involved. But I think that, you know, using three three missions to do just, you know, click a button is a little bit excessive. So I think, you know, maybe if they wanted to use some of the base screen what they could have done is undead lab quest is um you to up to level three and i also need you to build uh a generator and they could have paired those together and that could have been your first quest line and that's not bad for a first quest line because at least you know it gets the player's feet wet it gets them used to how to place facilities in the certain areas it gets them used to how to upgrade things and then quest two you can move on to okay go find an ammo outpost quest three Okay, um, this allied enclave really needs help. Go help them build this. And that would be a more dynamic quest line and it would give the player more adventure. But moving on, we have mission number four. Mission number four is called The Call is Answered. And basically, this mission starts with a group of strangers arriving at your base camp. 
They're going to ask to join your community, and you can say, yes, you can join, or you can refuse them. Um, the, the choice doesn't really matter in terms of the mission, so don't feel like if you refuse them, you can't beat the mission. You can still beat the mission if you refuse them. So it's up to you if you want to invite them or not invite them. So after this first group, there's going to be two more people that come to your base as well, and they're going to ask to join as well. So basically, when they get accepted in your community, one of them is going to turn into a plague zombie. And then you have to kill that zombie and decide the fate of the second person. So basically, um, you're going to accept these two people at first. And, you know, one of them's going to turn into a plague zombie. You have to kill it. And then you have the one person that's not infected. And basically, you can tell, you know, the second person, you can send them away or you can keep them. So it, it's your choice of what to do with that. But basically, it's two sets of decisions of, okay, accept these three people, accept these two people. And then finally... One other person, so a th basically a third group, but it's just one person, is going to arrive at your camp and ask to join you. And this person's going to, you know, have you accept or refuse them, and then that's the mission. And no, I, I didn't stutter there. I mean, that, that is literally the mission. So, um, I mean, I, I love Undead Labs, and I love everything they do, but I am a little bit critical of this mission because... This feels way too repetitive to me. Um, I mean, basically, you're just, you know, sending, okay, here's a group of three people. Do you accept them or no? Okay, here's a group of two people. Do you accept them or no? Okay, here's one other person. Do you accept them or no? Like, this feels like more of a quiz than, you know, an actual in-game mission. So, um, I, I definitely don't like how this is designed at all for this mission. I don't really know what else to say about it, because, I mean, even for the builder aspect... This doesn't really seem in line with the builder lore, because why would a builder be accepting people into their community or not accepting them? This feels like more of a mission that fits with the trader lore instead, because a trader would want to be, you know, accepting other people to trade with, possibly. So it, it feels like it's a little bit, or even the sheriff, I mean, the sheriff would be trying to rescue new people and helping them out and giving them kindness, you know, giving them goodwill. So even in that sense, I think this mission fits more with the trader or the sheriff than does the builder. But even as a mission itself, I'm not a fan of this mission. And I do apologize on that labs that I'm not, but um, I have to be honest about it. And I think this mission could have been more dynamic as well. So um, basically, I probably would have just done something different in this spot as well. I mean, I, I do feel for the team because uh, it was probably really hard for them to think of ideas for the Builder Legacy. And I, I keep going back to that because I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. And in their shoes, it probably was really difficult to say, okay, we have a Builder Legacy here. What are we going to do for a Builder Legacy? Like, we only have a you know, couple different options in game that we can do with building things. And if the allied enclave idea wasn't an option, because I've asked about that on the streams before, and they said that it was an idea they had to, you know, interact with them more in the future. And they said it was an idea they had to interact with them more, but it just kind of was something that they couldn't do with the resources they had. So if that's off the table, then I think the only other option they really had was to involve outposts. So I feel like using outposts somehow would have been a little bit better. And Here's an idea of how they could have done this mission a little bit better and still have the same effect. Maybe what you have is you have to go travel to a materials outpost or 
any type of outpost, no ammo outpost. So maybe the mission to call us answer, what it could have been instead is somebody random calls you on the radio. You have no idea who this is. You have to go check out the area, you know, maybe clear out a few walkers that are there. And then you talk to them and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we found this place here. This is this place looks like a really good place for an outpost. You know, if you want, um, we can join your community and kind of manage this outpost for you. And that's a situation where you could say, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, we can do that. And that l at least feels a little bit more dynamic as a player, because in that case, they're basically joining your community. So they're going to go back to your base community. So but at the same time, you're going to get an outpost out of that. So in the sense of the lore, in the lore sense, it's basically like these people are managing this outpost. However, they're not actually staying at the outpost. They're going back to your base. So it's just basically in the sense of the lore. It feels a little bit better in the sense of the lore because in the lore sense, it's like, oh, these people are going to manage this outpost for me. This is cool. You know, I have a extra beds outpost. You know, I found some two or three new people from my community. And at least it's, you know, something because an outpost is still something you have to build. You still have to build an outpost. You still have to, you know, maintain it and actually work on it to have it be a proper station where you can station people at. So I think this could have been a little bit better lore wise and a little bit more dynamic quest for the players. So I think that would have been a bigger hit um, because if they wanted to do something where you're inviting new community members into your community and maybe they wanted to do that just to give people a sense of how that works. So maybe that was part of the idea is this is how inviting people in your community works. So they still could have got that sense by using the outpost and making this a little bit more centered around the builder because right now it feels like oh there's like there's 85 random people showing up at my door why are these people showing up at my door who are these people like how do these people all find me like it, it just feels really weird that you know three people show up at your door two people show up at your door one person shows up at your door like why are these six people showing up at my door unexpected in three different groups it feels so strange to me that, that happens that way so that's my critiques for that um uh, i I do feel their pain. You know, I think it was probably something very hard to work around, but I think a couple of the ideas I gave, they probably could have made the missions more dynamic for the builder. So, you know, maybe that's some uh, things they could look into for next time, because I think it's already too late to change this. You know, I think it'd be way too difficult for them to change it in the game now, but Maybe, you know, later down the line, say like a State of Decay 3, for example, maybe in a State of Decay 3, they could, you know, change this and, you know, take this feedback and go, OK, you know, maybe these builder missions that we're going to do the builder again, maybe we can involve outposts in these missions. Maybe we can make these missions a little bit more dynamic. So, you know, I, I completely understand if they don't change this, you know, it's not something that is like a game breaking issue. It's not something that makes you want to stop playing the game. I mean, I, I love this game. I love State of Decay and. I love everything Undead Labs does. Just the builder legacy to me feels it feels unfulfilling. And that's basically what I'm trying to get at with this episode is and we have one more mission to go and that mission will, you know, be a little bit different. But basically, um, the builder legacy missions, they just feel very unfulfilling as a player. And I think that's just what I'm trying to get across with this is that. There could have been, you know, maybe some other ways to work around that. That way, the missions were a little bit more fulfilling as a player. But our last mission, this one actually is a really good mission. And I do like this mission. So um, 
you know, basically the first four missions of the Builder Legacy were a miss, I think. But I think the fifth mission, the final mission, is actually a good mission. So basically, the last mission, you have a group of people come to your base and you talk with them. And then you find out that they're trying to take over the camp. So basically, these people just come talk to you. And that's where the lore sense, you know, does sort of work with what they did. Because what they did previously in the mission is six people that just came to your base. They all wanted to join you. So when these people come to your base, you're probably thinking like, oh, another three people want to join me. Jeez, everyone wants to join me. But then when you talk to them, they actually attack you and they try to kill you. So that's a cool experience to have when you're a new player. And that is something I like there. So. But I think that effect still could have been achieved with using outposts, because if they use outposts, I think you could still get that same effect where people keep wanting to join you and you still have that surprise in this last mission. So I think it could have still been a better effect with the other way. But once that conversation ends, you have to start a fight with those uh, people and you have to kill them. So once you kill them, that's not the end of the mission. Basically, after that happens, a zombie horde comes at your base for three minutes and this is not, you know, a regular little tiny horde. This is actually a decent sized horde. I mean, if you're experienced, it's not a horde you can't handle. But for a new player, this is going to be a horde that's actually really hefty for a new player. Because a new player is not going to be used to this kind of horde. So if you are newer at State of Decay, when you go into your fifth mission, Neighborly Ultimatum, when you go into that last mission as a Builder Legacy, make sure your character is stocked up. Make sure you have lots of meds on you. Make sure you have, you know, a gun with some ammo. Make sure you have some snacks. Make sure you have a good melee weapon. Make sure you're ready because this last mission, you're going to fight three humans and then you're going to have a three minute zombie horde. So if you're not prepared as a newer player, this could be overwhelming to you. So please make sure that you stock up for this last mission. And honestly, for a lot of the last missions, it goes the same way because um, Undead Labs did a great job with these last missions for all four legacies. I just think that the missions leading up to it could have been better in some cases. But we'll, of course, get to the Sheriff, Traitor, and Warlord in the next other episodes. But um, I, I will say up front that I do think the Builder missions are the worst missions overall. So I think the other three episodes, um, I will have, you know, more positives to bring out about those missions. Because I think some of those other missions are a little bit more dynamic. So I think the Builder Legacy um, overall was... It, it was kind of a miss, but that miss is kind of counteracted in the Legacy Boon. The Legacy Boon is so powerful that it's worth going through all the unfulfilling missions just to get that boon. So it, it's still worth it as a player to go through all of this to get that boon. But basically, until you get to the final mission, it doesn't feel fun to go through it. So the first four missions is like, oh, I have to do that now. I have to do that now. It, it's just really tedious and kind of boring for the first four missions. But the final mission is actually pretty fun because you're fighting three humans. You have a three minute zombie horde and it's actually dynamic. It's, you know, really fun because it actually goes to the lore, too, because in the lore of the builder, you, you think that the builder would want to prevent uh, a horde from attacking your base and, you know, kind of keep your base standing. So it really makes sense that the final mission is a giant horde coming at your base because the builder would have had to do a good job keeping that, you know, base fortified. And it's the builder's job to make sure it is fortified and it can withstand an attack. So. It is very dynamic that this last mission works this way. I just think that the four missions leading up to it, uh, they felt kind of flat. And again, I think um, that can't, you know, be overstated enough that it is definitely difficult to think of things for the Builder Legacy to do. Because 
it's say the warlord legacy just for an example real quick the warlord legacy i'm sure you know i could think of a couple ideas for that undead labs obviously thought of some great ideas for what the warlord could do you know the listener at home they could think of some ideas for the warlord to do because the warlord legacy you know ideas are a mile a minute pretty much because what does a warlord do well they can go steal some guns you know they can go kill somebody they can go do this they can go do that like a warlord has more open freedom to do a lot of other missions a builder as a leader is more confined and i think that's where undead labs might have ran into some trouble here is because the builder is more confined and there's not a lot of freedom for the builder to do a lot in um the state of decay lore even you know the sheriff and the traitor the sheriff can be protecting people and things so there's more to do in the lore for some of those other leader types the builder leader type is a hard leader type to properly you know fit into the lore with and i think that's probably where they ran into a little bit of a snag here and i definitely understand that snag just i think um when they hit that snag they just didn't get through the snag. Basically, you know, the snag stopped them, and, you know, we ended up with Mission 5, which, you know, Mission 5 kind of carried us over finally. But basically, for the first four missions, you know, it's like, okay, we hit a snag, um, you know, we're stuck here at the snag, and then Mission 5, okay, we got over the snag. You know, Mission 5 does bring it over that. So, yeah, you know, I hope um, no one at Undead Labs takes offense to any of this. I mean, I definitely think uh, all of you do a great job, and, I definitely think, you know, all of you had the best intent to make these missions dynamic. Just I, I think um, for the player's perspective, it, it does feel a little bit flat for some of these missions. And that, that's kind of, you know, my final thoughts on that. But great job on the fifth mission. The fifth mission is really good. Um, facilities. The facilities weren't as bad until Daybreak was released, but Daybreak kind of made some of those facilities obsolete. So, you know, that is unfortunate, but it does happen. But um, that's pretty much all we have for the Builder Legacy. So, you know, I, I hope everyone enjoyed me talking about the Builder Legacy. I thought um, it wasn't the best legacy in the world. Um, it definitely would be my least favorite legacy in terms of, you know, fun and dynamic playability. But the legacy boon that you get from being the Builder, it's worth going through all this for. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're newer, it's worth it to go through these missions, even though I'm saying they're not the best missions in the world. It's worth it to go through them because, you know, you get to Mission 5. Mission 5 is very fun. And on top of that, um, basically, you get this Legacy Boon that is going to change the rest of your game. So this Legacy Boon will make a lot of your other games a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more fun because you don't have to worry about power and water anymore. So it's still worth it to go through this Legacy. So, you know, anyone listening at home, don't think it's not worth it. It's definitely still worth it. It's just not worth it for the missions themselves. It's worth it for other reasons besides the missions. And that's basically you know, what I think about that aspect. But that being said, um, I'll mention again, you know, our next podcast will be on Wednesday. This will hopefully be on Generation Zero this time. You know, I, I do apologize again that I had to push it back a couple of times, but hopefully it'll be on the beta for that game. And I do also want to note that um, Wednesday's podcast, you know, the Saturday podcast that you're listening to right now, this comes out every Saturday morning, basically. The Wednesday podcast, though, those come out on Wednesday nights, so... I don't think I've ever mentioned that officially in the podcast, so I did want to mention that just in case someone's looking for it on Wednesday morning. Um, it, they, I release those on Wednesday nights just because my schedule, it's a little bit easier for me to release it on Wednesday nights instead of the morning. So essentially, you know, Thursday morning when you wake up, uh, the Wednesday podcast will be there. Usually it's about, um, 
I'd say about 6 or 7 p.m. Eastern is when I usually release the Wednesday one. So for some people in the world, that might be already when you're going to bed. So I definitely understand that if you are. But it's usually about 6 or 7 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays when I release the Wednesday ones. But our next stream again will be on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to do something before noon. Uh, I'm not sure how long and I'm not sure what game yet, but stay tuned. And in terms of how to contact me, you can contact me on Twitter or my gamer tag. That's at Blaze Experience, capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can find me on email. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube, which we just made. So we have a Facebook group and a YouTube channel. Links to those will be in the show notes. So you can listen to the podcast there as well. You can also get a hold of me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. And of course, you can get a hold of me on Discord, too. I have a Discord that I will have this link in the show notes for. And you can join our Discord. You can contact me anytime. And, you know, it's a great place to interact with other State of Decay fans. And then beyond that, if you want to find the podcast, you're probably already listening to it. But if you want to find it on a different app, it's on Stitcher. It's on YouTube and Facebook, like I just said. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Blueberry, Podbean, and many other directories. So it's a lot of places. Um, there's only a couple places that it's not yet. I'm trying to get it on those still, but they're a little bit harder to get onto. But, you know, basically, if you just type into Google the Blaze Experience and you just type that into your search bar, you're going to find it somewhere. So just search the Blaze Experience and you will find it somewhere. But I, I really appreciate everyone, you know, listening and it really means a lot. So tune in next week. Uh, next week, we will have a uh, pretty special episode, and I'm excited to share that with you guys. That will be our 50th episode. So uh, I will talk to everyone next Saturday. So thank you once again for listening to Blaze Experience.